Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. So glad that you could join us tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to just sort of preface the whole evening with, um, <clears throat> if it sounds like I'm in the middle of a gunfight, I'm not. Where I live, fireworks are readily available and sold right down the street from where I live. And apparently my neighbors have all been shopping early. So... Uh, Apparently, we celebrate the 4th of July anywhere from the 1st of July to the 5th of July here. And lately, we have been celebrating a lot. So on top of that, there's a thunder and lightning storm coming in, too. But um, the pops you hear are not gunshots. They are my neighbors being celebratory. So we're all real patriotic here. Anyhow, you all know Solaris from so many different places, not only here on Nightlight, but but on her KCOR show and on her Freedom Slips program, shes I don't want to say she's been around for a long, long time, but let me just say that, that her podcasts have been out there for a, a, good, a goodly amount of time, and her name and her reputation and her expertise does precede her. She is an amazing lady. She knows a tremendous amount and is a joy to share time with. So welcome to your show, Solaris. Well, thank you very much, Barbara. As always, that a beautiful introduction. And yeah, it sounds like uh, so that's good. In, in case my dog barks, I guess it's balancing out. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> well, it's been you know there, right down the street from my house, there are two huge tents, one on each side of the road, so they catch them coming and going. And the line that that defines where they're legal and not is about a hundred feet beyond where these, these tents are. So um, 
it's it 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 becomes very busy this time of the year and i kept hearing the 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 pops going off and i thought and i live in farm country so you, we hear the pops often because farmers are shooting at coyotes and i don't know maybe the you know the um people who are trying to invade the territory or whatever so you never know but mm-hmm. but uh just as soon as it was dark, it started, and they've been going on for hours now. So, wow! Um, it's, I don't it's that's good or bad. <laughs> for you. Well, yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's actually it's good, clean fun. I, I really well, can't good. complain too much. They're not hurting anybody, except if anybody holds on to something too long, they may, I don't know, burn their hand or something. But. But of, of the kind of pleasures that are out there, it is harmless, and it is fun, mm-hmm. and it's pretty too. So, um, oh, they are we've pretty. Had and, light- and you know, we've had thunder and lightning storms here the last couple of days that are just phenomenal. And um, where I, what, the condo that I live in has a, it's almost like a cave. The the top floor overhangs the bottom floor by about eight feet, and there's a patio underneath it. So. When we have thunder and lightning storms, I can actually sit out in the storm and not get wet. And it is so exciting to do that. It is just it's nice. so cool. Yeah, yeah, I love thunder and oh. electricity and lightning. Yeah, that's fabulous. Oh, yeah. I yeah. am definitely um, I am definitely a storm person. I, I loved the um, hurricanes and the nor'easters uh, in the northeast when I was there, but there's something about a thunder lightning storm that is just phenomenal and and the only Mm -hmm. bad part about it is they have a tendency to turn into tornadoes which terrify me so (laughs) oh wow yeah do you get a lot of hail that's the only part i don't really care for but other than that i love the thunderstorms and electrical storms yeah they're cool i can remember a storm in in connecticut when i was out on my deck and i had my dog with me and i lived in the middle of the woods and there was an overhang, so we could stand underneath the overhang and watch the storm roll in, which is the most majestic thing you can ever imagine. And then the wind started to clip up, and it was a good it was a good wind, and the rain came down, and then it was going sideways, and then there was hail. And I looked at the dog, and I said, you know, this might be a tornado. Maybe we should get inside. And I think she was probably mm. in the door before I was. And... Not long afterwards, we heard pop, 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 and the tornado went right down the street next to my house, and it popped out about 12 um, telephone poles, just pulled them right wow. out of the ground. And, and about it was sort of like a train. It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing. So I have actually been in, I think, three tornadoes, a beast. None down here, but that's mm. all right. I've I've already experienced my tornadoes, and um, I've experienced mm-hmm. a small earthquake. Um, so I don't need to experience any more of those. But but you know, it, it's kind right. of it's it's I I love the energy of the storm. There's something mm-hmm. that is yeah. just so amazing. It it gets your adrenaline going, and not out of fear, just out of excitement. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good for the. Okay. I think it's really good for your energy field. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so we picked. You picked actually. Oh, a great topic for tonight. You and I have had such 
such a, a lovely a time going through stuff. You suggested we look into the seven wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I have had a lovely time with it. I'm wondering though, um, in looking at all of them, what what was their criteria for designating something a wonder of the world? That's a great question, and I wouldn't have an answer to that one. Uh, it does make you wonder, though, what panel of people decided on that. And, of course, they've updated it, too. I don't know if you probably noticed that. Uh, now there's a, a new Seven Wonders of the World, which, you know, that's kind of interesting that they decided to expand on it, I, I suspect. Well, yeah, and I think that's – and when they did designate the Seven Wonders of the World, I was looking for when the original Seven Wonders were actually designated uh, because mm-hmm. I really did want to know what what was their criteria because – when they designated it, um, I think a lot of them were no longer even in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so what were they basing it on? I mean, the only one that, that is actually still in existence is, of course, um, the Giza Plateau, the Great Pyramid at, uh, at, at Giza. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Colossus of Rome was gone. The Lighthouse at Alexandria was gone. The Temple mm-hmm. of Artemis, or you know, was mostly gone. Um, Statue of Zeus was gone. The all of the ones that they have designated were gone. And mm-hmm. so, um, maybe I'm just an honor of the past. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. You well, know, I never even thought about that, but yeah. I mean, is it? Is was it that they were? constructions that it stood the test of time like a thousand years or whatever or you know I, I mean were they designating theoretically man-made objects or you know because I, I know that there was a colossus of, of roads I know there was a lighthouse at Alexandria they have they have found the remnants of them so that and, and as far as the Greek stuff those remnants are there as well. So we know that they did mm-hmm. exist, but it's sort of like um, we, we assume we assume they were all man-made. We're not going to pull, you know, um, aliens into any of this. We're assuming that somehow they were man-made. Is it, mm-hmm. is it the 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 size of them? Is it the 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 fact that thousands of years and and they have there there are still remnants of them around i mean they were architectural amazing edifices when they did exist right but, they're quite land but, yeah they're quite the landmark yeah i agree well, that could be part of it i think the size as far as um the awe of something like that a structure like that might be factored in don't you find it kind of amazing that the Sphinx wasn't included in this because it's even bigger, it's even older than the pyramid that it's standing in front mm-hmm. of. Yeah, that's a good point. And it seems kind of political. It does, insofar as the people that decided that this is the way it's going to be. I'm sure there are more things out there, much more impressive, but you know, we haven't seen a lot of that. But the idea behind some of these not being around anymore, that's another aspect of it, too. It's kind of sad in a way. Well, you could have gone with the Statue of Liberty in- or something. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't consider her that. I mean, 
a terrible thing to say, but I don't consider her that big a deal. No, it's not, but it's, it's symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, and there was another list that, that did deal with ancient stuff um, that had, that had um, the mausoleum of uh, Halicarnassus or whatever it was. I can't pronounce his name. But there's a, there was a, there, I've, I found a couple of different lists. The old wonders of the world were, <clears throat> were basically, you know, what I just rattled off. Mm-hmm. But and the only thing they have left, of course, are are ruins. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, rubble. I mean, the the mausoleum, the mausoleum, impressive. The hanging gardens supposedly were, and 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 when they made this list up, there wasn't a man standing alive that had seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Except, except the ruins. And and mm-hmm. so I kind of wonder. And then they have another list of the seven new uh, seven new wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. And they they put let me see. Do they say they don't tell the, what the criteria was either? Here was this. They they included the Taj Mahal, Christ the Redeemer, the mm-hmm. Which which is you know impressive, but I don't think it, I would call it a wonder. The Great Wall no. of China. I, well, that can be seen from space. That's that's really an amazing, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, Petra in Jordan. You know that that could have been mm-hmm. on the first list as far as that goes. It probably hadn't been discovered by then. Um, mm-hmm. Machu Picchu. Again, yeah, same Machu Picchu is all right. And Chichen Itza. Mm-hmm. And then the Colosseum of Rome, and right. you know all of those are, you know, okay. But again, I don't know what that criteria was, and and it seems to me mm-hmm. if you're going to make something a, a wonder of the world, that that there should be, you know, some some something that goes beyond it, something that um, says, you know, okay, this is this is a, a a wonder of the world, and then, mm-hmm. then I found the new wonders of the world, the 2023 edition. So whoever it is hmm. is putting it together. Oh, funny! Um, That's interesting. And that has, and here's here's something that I think is fascinating. Almost all of the ones for the past seven wonders are stone edifices. You know, something that will stand mm-hmm. the test of time. They've they've proven it. They're thousands of years old. Some of them. Not all, but some. So the seven new wonders of the world is, and, and, and none of these do I agree with, I must say. Um, the Golden Gate Bridge, um, the mm. Empire State Building. Um, wait a minute, Empire State Building. I, I mean, these are just, um, there's a, a, oh, a CN Tower in Canada. Never heard mm. of it. Um the, the uh, Channel Tunnel in in the UK, which is you know a tunnel. Um, the uh, this is going to be it's I T A I P U um, Itipu Dam in Paraguay. Uh, mm-hmm. The Panama Canal. 
and and the Panama Canal. That was the last one. Now, all mm-hmm. of these things, um, you know, we use modern equipment for. There's no magic or mystery behind them, and they will not be standing in a thousand years. Yep. Agreed. Or probably. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Or probably. Oh, go ahead. So, so where did I, I mean? Suddenly, we're 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 looking at things that have been built in all cases, but but to look at us in twenty twenty three and what is considered antiquity and a wonder of modern technology and everything. I mean. Come on, the CERN, the CERN uh, collider. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now that that's that's something impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. We we have made it to the moon, although we haven't left any buildings there, so I guess that couldn't count. But but um, there are still ancient things that that haven't been haven't been mentioned at all. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, go Becky Tepley. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's that's, a good that's, one. that's that's amazing, and and it kind of like you know, it's kind of like, um, you, you know, there's still some magic there. There's, it's you know, what created it, that that place in Mexico that has the big crystals in it that are bigger than buildings. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, the cave? Are you talking about the cave or no? The cave, yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, that, pretty cool. That cave, I mean, that's that's amazing, and that it has to be thousands of years old. Um, mm-hmm. They're in Kuyu, 13, 13 levels going down inside uh, the, the the mountain. Um, I I can't remember how many, but awesome. I, I think it was meant to hold at least five thousand people and animals. Mm-hmm. And that's not mentioned. So. What mm-hmm. is it that determines something is a wonder of the world and and that it has staying power to be a wonder of the world? I mean, most mm-hmm. of the wonders, right. you know, we're looking back and saying, well, that lasted a long time. I mean, I would think that I would not include it, but I would think it could be included in Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the pyramids are the prime example of something that's, timeless and you know 100 years from now yeah. who knows how many years later we have in the illusion of, of time they would still stand or maybe not uh, but that's something symbolic if you ask me and i agree with you it, it makes you wonder what kind of people decided on this you know what kind of club i guess you could say you know because there's so much more so much more on there i noticed that they have the northern lights here and i don't know if that's the new one um the aurora northern lights no, that's the wonders that's, of the world that, absolutely mm-hmm you know, right. and and I mean, we know we know geologically, um, or or you know, scientifically, we understand what creates it, but it is magical to look at. And so the energies, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, I agree with that one. That one is impactful. Yeah, and Grand Canyon too. I think that's another one that's highly symbolic on so many different levels. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, to see what the the river has carved out. Is um, it, yes, you know, those both of those are are wondrous, and you know what? They're going to be around mm-hmm. a lot longer than any of us or or our our legacies. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to 
carry through time. And to me, that's a wonder. That's that's the Nazca lines. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, a good one. There's, there's, there's even still mystery to those. So, so I'm wondering, you know, just... Um, I mean, and you know what? What wasn't here that I thought surely would be at some point in time was uh, Stonehenge. I thought about that too. Absolutely, yeah. Very good point. And, you know, I mean, the Taj Mahal is beautiful, but when you think about it, um, you know, it's still man-made it's it's in the sense of it's yeah, yeah, it's just a building. It's beautiful, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And Christ the Redeemer—that's another one that's beautiful, but. Really? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have picked these, probably, some of them. I, I wouldn't have picked either of those. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the wailing, okay, the wailing wall. I mean, what's left of it. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. But I wouldn't call it a wonder of the world. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just and, and I didn't do enough research to find out who, who put out the the um, opinions because you know it's it's I guess what's what's a wonder to one is not to another but you know uh, mm-hmm. the the um, the statue at Rhodes the, the lighthouse at Rhodes I mean we found the the um, the leftovers oh and the other would be um, non Madal um, in mm-hmm. that area pyramid they're made of those basalt pillars mm-hmm. um six and they have no idea um and, and well easter island mm, that's a good one yeah you know, and not to mention at, that which at, has not been discovered beneath the ocean um there's so much oh gosh yeah and well and Namadal um supposedly was supposed to be a signal to where um Mu went down, so that the ru- mm-hmm. ruins of Mu are just supposedly off the shore of uh, Nam Madal. Mm. And uh, so, <clears throat> and you look at petroglyphs that go back thousands of years. You know, now that's that's it's a natural wonder, I guess, but it is a wonder. And mm-hmm. I, I think that. I'm wondering if they just, you know, put a whole bunch of pictures on a table and said, okay, let's pick what's most impressive. But I do not think tunnels and bridges are a wonder of the world. No. I really don't. Um, I don't either. It, it just, my criteria is, is it going to last a thousand years? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Which is, pro- which is probably, you know, and, my gosh, uh, where Gobeki Tepe is, there's another tepe not too far away from it that they've just discovered that they are beginning to excavate. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can, and they don't know, and they, I think what gets me is they don't know what they're for, but, hmm. but the rest are excavating them. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, that's I interesting. Know, I there's so much that hasn't been discovered. I'm wondering why, um, they don't take a group of sensitives, of intuitives, to some of these sites and just say, just give me what you get and mm-hmm. leave them alone for a week. You know, feed them, certainly, but but leave them alone. And, mm-hmm. and That's a great idea. And what they come up with. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, archaeologists are just guessing at most of the stuff they're doing. You know, they can analyze pot, pottery, but they can't tell you, you know, why it's there and, and what was cooked in it. And, you know, I, I think a, an intuitive would be able to, given time and, and peace and quiet, be able to go into the time of whenever the the site was was viable and livable and get something other than, you know, what what archaeologists are supposing. When when they excavated near the Great Pyramid and they found the town that the workers were in, do you know they're still saying mm-hmm. that the can you hear the thunder? <laughs> I do, I love it. Cool. Um they found the town that the workers we're living in, so they weren't slaves. And yet the mm-hmm. story still goes out there that, that it was slaves that built the Great Pyramid. And mm-hmm. they haven't yet said anything about how it was built. You know, uh, they, they have their, their ramps and their spirals and everything else, but and the fact that the, the Nile River at one time came up almost to the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. But... but you know, they they found all these things that prove stuff, and yet they haven't updated history to give us a good, clear picture of what was going on there. Very true. Yeah, it's all speculation, and, really, when you think about it. Yeah, if, I mean, this storm is beginning to be very, very violent here, so if I, well, if I go off the air, I'll take you with me, because I, I'm the one that signed <laughs> in, so... <laughs> We'll just warn people that just in case my power goes out, <laughs> it's not, not that we've gone out drinking yeah. early. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, just talking about those storms. That's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I love storms. Um, mm-hmm, were okay. I not on the radio, I'd be sitting out on my porch watching this whole thing. I have a, a – it, it's it's a culvert right behind where I am, and it usually fills up with water. And when I first saw it, I can remember calling my son, and I said, put my condo up for sale right away. And he said, why? I said, I'm waterfront. We can ask more for it. Um, oh, funny. We we did not sell it, of course. But it's kind of fun. I am waterfront from time to time. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Plus, you had that cemetery nearby, right? I do. I have a cemetery right in my backyard. It's just so cool. And I have a relative wow. buried in it, even. Yeah, that's very interesting. No coincidence. Yeah. Like that, but, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, somebody wrote a book, and she's called it, it It's Whispers from Beyond. And it's, it's mm-hmm. how coincidences are, are given to us and, and, and tell us a story about what's going on in our life at that time and things like that. And in many ways, when I found that there was a cemetery, which I was thrilled with, um, and, and then the, the, one of the people buried in it was, was a distant relative. It was sort of like, okay, I do belong here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really been, been worried because my family history, to my knowledge, was basically on a part of the family that were definitely North, northerners, you know, tried and true. And mm-hmm. I had n- no idea that there was a, an element of the South in me at all. So it was really kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of them split. But, I think there were a lot of families that had both sides fought in the war. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I found um, 
an interesting piece of trivia, and I'm not sure exactly where it came from, so I, I will, I will, I will give it out as trivia, and people can check it out and prove it right or wrong. But somebody did a study and found that every one of the presidents came from uh, a lineage that owned slaves, except for Trump. His family didn't come in here until well after the Civil War. So he's the only wow. president that does not have lineage that were sa- mm-hmm. slave owners. Now, mm-hmm. that says, you know, it, it doesn't do anything one way or another about his policies or his popularity or anything like that. But I found it interesting. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting, back, especially after all the blowback. <laughs> With oh, all geez, that. So, yeah. yeah. But back back to the That's wonders right. here. I mean, if you had to, I mean, you know, you've you've mentioned some really suggestions. I mean, the Grand Canyon for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. but to me, a, a wonder has to be something again that has stood the test of time. That that has lasted for not hundreds but maybe thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And when you when you go to the fact that there have been a couple of um, mass destruction sequences that have happened, that any of this stuff still is here. And, and not only that, but did all of these edifices, not the Grand Canyon, because the Grand Canyon is probably older, Mm-hmm. But did they did they survive a flood or an ice age? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the yeah, that's the, a very good uh, point. Pyramid, the pyramids in in South America, I think, uh, I don't know about a flood, but I don't think that that ice ever covered South America, so that they may be older than some of the ones in in Turkey and in Egypt, because. The, South America never had an ice age. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like yeah. I I think that, but but again, I want to go back to I would uh, we've had people that have that have written books on Darren Kuyu, on Gobeki Tepley, on you know all of these places, but they're all they're all from and and almost all. Um, from the viewpoint of male archaeologists, mm-hmm. what's wrong with taking sensitives <laughs> in there? And I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, and, and saying, what do you get? I mean, go back to Tepley. They have discovered. Well, they are, they are saying they're they're declaring that it was a site for. Um, um, celebration kind of like a place to go you know like a church or something so that there's no habitation around there there's no um pottery there's there's no artifacts of any sort and mm-hmm. um when when i i, I kind of got sidetracked before when they when they found the town that the um that the workers on the great pyramid had been working on they found lots of glyphs and and uh notes on, on shards that, that was talking about the day-to-day stuff. So you knew that they weren't slaves. They were, mm-hmm. they were leaving little messages around. They were, it, was a, it was a full-blown city that was created for them. And mm-hmm. they had plenty of food. They had plenty of beer or whatever they drank. So, so how were they built? 
You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like I don't think we, I don't think the truth of of how they were built has ever come out yet. Mm-mm. So, I mean, so I, I, it's I not understand. completed. No, go ahead. You know, yeah, when you no, think about it, we're looking at rubble. We're we're not looking at a real construct in a sense. I mean, there are things that are missing, in my opinion. So, like mm-hmm. everything else, well, if you completed it architecturally, it might look very, very different, and and that would give some answers. Well, they said that the um, the limestone that was the polished limestone that was the, the encasing had been taken off and was used in a lot of the buildings um, in Egypt there. Mm-hmm. And what gets me is when Napoleon visited it, um, it was covered with the, the limestone, and there were hieroglyphs all over the all over it. And I I don't think it was graffiti. I think it was something. And he had someone with him who who took years to copy and write it all down and his notebooks I don't know what happened to them but his notebooks are gone or missing and mm-hmm. it might explain a little bit of what the purpose of the pyramid was because I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think he even knew what it was when he discovered it probably like, didn't not Napoleon, didn't Napoleon spend a night in the king's chamber well that's the story that you know, he saw his fate uh, although how much of that is real and how much of that is Made up, you know. I'm looking at everything sideways now because back in the day I looked at it like, okay, so that's really prophetic. And a lot of the esoteric teachings will talk about that, you know. Um, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just wondering how much of that is just embellished and how much of it is actually real real information. Yeah, that I think that's that's one of my big objections to scientists saying, well, this is what it was for. Well, uh, let me take you back even, not quite as far as, as Egypt, but for American Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got a, a table there, and I, I see it's a table, uh, a tabletop with a groove all around the outside, and they call it the sacrificial table. Now, I don't believe it was for sacrifice. I really, I, I truly don't. I mean, you could have put a deer carcass on there and butchered it, and that would explain the grooves around the outside for, for, you know, draining off fluids. But you could have even mashed grapes there. It could have been for making wine. But the minute Mm -hmm. they say sacrificial table, you immediately go to, oh, they did human sacrifice. And while, while I'm sure it happened all over the place, that's the very first thing they all go to. It, it, it's human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sensationalism. It's that which attracts a mass appeal, if you ask me, or a mass to be, you know, interested in the subject matter, even though it's, once again, they're, you know, speculating. Well, they get to the extreme, and it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, UFOs land. Oh, the aliens are coming to take over our land. That's ridiculous. What's that? Look at yeah, I mean, maybe just pick it up a few people. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. You know, that's, you have a point. Oh, go ahead. What about the terracotta army? You mm-hmm. know. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, yeah. That is a wonder. That is a that's a wonder. 
Yeah, I agree with that. That's amazing. And and so and what was it for? Did he really think that they were going to come to life and defend him? Maybe. I mean, he had ships buried too. So um, well, kind of like the afterlife, like the Egyptians. You know, they they had everything with them for their journey. Mm-hmm. Could be wards. Or you know, he had a lot of enemies, right? You never know. Uh, things like that. Some people are superstitious beyond superstition, but the afterlife is a mysterious thing, and, and who knows? Maybe he felt like that was necessary, just like some of these ancient temples in Egypt. Well, why do we immediately go to the negative? Right, exactly. I mean, we and we do. I mean, they had, um, their, I forget what they're called, but in a lot of the graves they have the itty-bitty little statues of their of their slaves, that would, you know, take care of them and feed them and dress them and everything when, you know, in the afterlife. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just feel that we are missing such, such incredible parts of our history. And mm-hmm. because we are fear mongers, um, we've all gone to the negative for all of them. I mean, has anybody... Now, I have not been to South America, to Chichen Itza or Teotihuacan, but mm-hmm. from what I understand, and, and Patrick picked this up too, there are certain measurements for steps that are almost global. And, you know, it's, it's the rise and then the depth is, is pretty constant. And yet those steps mm-hmm. in those little pyramids on, on the on the where the temple of the sun and the moon are, um, are not made for human feet. That's very interesting Why? for me. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, yeah. there are people, people, people who have walked them have said, you know, it's not, you, your feet don't fit. Now, if mm. they were that great at construction, why didn't they construct the steps to correspond to human feet? They were going to march prisoners up there and rip their hearts out. I mean, I'm, I, I know you don't, you know, necessarily make that an easy trip for them, but, mm-hmm. but it, it, but not just the prisoners were going up. There were priests who went right. up. Um, so why, what weren't they constructed to go to to, you know, compensate human feet? That's a huge clue, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. and, and right, right along the Avenue of the Dead, they have all those little mini um, buildings that, that almost look like places where something could land. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe. I get that too. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, maybe they were airports of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally possible. I mean, I mean, you know, we we they call it the Avenue of the Dead. I don't know why. It's, you know, a whole bunch of guys sitting around saying, what are we going to call it? Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and you know, yeah, there are graphics that show them ripping the hearts out of their prisoners. But I don't think that was, you know, I, I don't believe it was a daily process, and I don't believe it was part of their religion. I truly don't. And Right. And like many things, they get hijacked. The temples were hijacked in Egypt. Pyramids, everything gets hijacked with a different storyboard and an overlay. So initially, that might not have been what it was used for, but then once again, people hijack territories and that changes the whole thing. Sometimes they want to deface it 
or, you know, do something to disrespect that structure, and that would be something, you know, sacrificing people well, would be one of those things, yes, me. A lot of those cities were were deserted totally, and then the jungle mm-hmm. took over. And, you know, the reason for the desertion in many cases had, had to be for the reason that they weren't able to sustain enough food for the city, and the, the whole city got moved someplace else. So... Mm-hmm. If it was agricultural, that's one thing. But but you know they they make it they always go to war, you know. And and right. I, I don't think it's always war that is responsible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Lord knows what they think about what we've done. So um, uh, there's no story to even <laughs> come up with for this one. A mess. Some of it. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. you know you, you look, look at you, you look at you, well you look at Rome and I, you know I got I got to tell you I just one of the things I don't understand is that you know the church is monstrously wealthy and if mm-hmm. they truly are here to serve God and people why aren't they using that wealth to help the people instead of just amassing more and more money. Mhm. Yeah. Exactly. Does it make sense? I don't think it was ever about that. Yeah, it's control. Yes, me. And of course, they've had so much. Um, you know, they have so much access to advanced technologies as well. So once again, one of those secret areas where they get the information, everybody else is left in the dark. Yes, me anyway. Well, but yeah. You know what? You know what they call their their big their big telescope that's at the observatory that's here in this country. Oh, yeah, Lucifer. I think that's what they call it. I don't know if they still have that one or not. I know that's a long time ago. And they might have changed it. Who knows? But, yeah. No, it's all a game. I mean, you ask me, they're all playing games. I just would, you know, I would love to to to, to have a, a, a way of turning back, not, I don't know, turning on a channel that will be, you know, let me let me see what, you know, 3000 B.C. looked like. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the part of the remote just, viewing that you should be, both of us should be looking at. Dial it and see what you come up with. I'm thinking more about the future, too, and, and the illusion of uh, what's here, like, in so many years, what's left. That's very devastating no, if you look at it like that. Well, if you're looking that far ahead, you know, I, I don't think any of this is going to be here in another 100 or 200 years. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. I mean, I mean... From from what you know, what is rumored is that you know the China, that there won't be war on on U.S. soil because they want the they want the property, but not necessarily the population. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that, that that's that I, China, I think that's very true. Well, and China especially needs the food because their population is starving. And the thing is, I don't think they want their population either. I think this is another scenery that, in my opinion, I've always said they were shaking hands under the table. And, and I was talking about this the other day that nuclear war is, is a terraforming project. So if you're looking at people trying to deploy nukes, maybe not even a full-on nuclear war, it's going to change everything. It's going to change the entire atmosphere in the biodome. And in my opinion, I think that's what they're going for down the road. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. But to me, that would be, that would be more logical insofar as why they would do something like that. Everybody else is collateral damage. They want to change the atmosphere for sure. They want to terraform this place. And it's not extraterrestrials, in my opinion. I think they're just wanting to terraform it. 
quite honestly. And then make it so that it's not, um, nobody has any more countries anymore, that everything is just one, you know, just one thing, which is kind of stupid if you ask me. I know you've talked about that too in some of your writings. I do, I do. I think that, uh, I, I think that where we started out, Pangea as one um, blob of earth, that that it broke apart. And my feeling is that, that it may suddenly, it may be pulling back together again, so that there is just one continent. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, that would, to me, make greater sense for one world government and one world religion. And but but you know the Romans. In some cases, when they when they conquered a, a a a piece of land, property, whatever, they they really let the people hold on to their belief system, mm-hmm. so long as it didn't conflict with what they were doing with with you know the country, and mm-hmm. so that and and it was really only the elite that was forced to follow their their gods or when they turned christian um you know they had to, the the elite had to become christians while the 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 serfs and the people beneath them could keep their their you know their home gods and goddesses so mm-hmm. I, I you know i just i am so um of the of the belief that the spiritual nature of the human spirit has to almost be set free from organized religion because, you know, and I've said this often, religion is something you learn, spirituality is something you are. Mm-hmm, very true, yep. So that, so that, so that allowing people to interact with each other without saying, I, you know, my God is better than your God, which is ridiculous because it's all one, um, you know, it's, it's, it it keeps us dumb. It dumbs us down. It it makes mm-hmm. us think yeah, unnecessary chatter. That, yeah, I agree. So so it's all a game. It's all red flags. It's all and, and what is beneath all of it? You know, where are we going as a as a species? Not even a culture, mm-hmm. but as a species. Uh, yeah, we we are not treating each other well. I know. No. And it's a sick you, world. You would, yeah. It's, um, Disease, you know, comes to mind. Illness. Well, you know, Philip Lindsay keeps talking about how, you know, we're on a downward spiral and that there will be a, an event of mass destruction at some point in time in which the population will be knocked down to a very small number and then will rebuild again. And I'm wondering if it is just in our nature, in our DNA, to be warlike and mean and cruel and deceitful, or if it's something that we have learned along the way. And if we did learn it along the way, who the hell taught it to us? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's frequency-based. A lot of it is. A lot of it's energetic. If you get into a, a better environmental condition, atmosphere-wise, and you probably, you know, obviously you know this, with frequency and the bands of frequency and how they resonate with their electromagnetic field, I, I think that people's energy would be more settled more tuned into the cosmos and more peaceful. I find that, you know, we've talked about the weaponization of the atmosphere, and to me, I find that that's, that's a contributing factor to the behavior modification of people here. That's why they're, I mean, they were always violent back in the day, but I'm finding that 
energies were not in resonance on a, on a global scale. And we've always had some problems with that. And it needs to be reconfigured, if you ask me, in order for people to maintain a balance. That's why we do our spiritual work. I mean, we, we do it ourselves independently. But wouldn't it be nice to have the whole biosphere or biodome in, this, in a resonance where we don't really have to do that extra work all the time because it's compatible with us? Uh, that's something that I don't think people factor in. Well, where does that come from? I mean, I know that the, um, the Native Americans resonated with the Shulman energy, the earth energy, and, and that for the most part they were probably basically very peaceful. And mm-hmm. so, so where did it where did it go wrong? I mean, um, people who work the earth, who who are connected to the earth, have a calmer um, outlook on life, are are a more peaceful mm-hmm. person. But today, today we are disconnected from the earth to the point where. You know, we wear leather on our feet. We have concrete we walk on. We have concrete we drive on. The rubber in the cars isolates us from the earth. We are so many levels dissonant, you know, distant from mm-hmm. the earth energy that could keep us healthy and balanced. I mean, and you can't tell everybody, through, don't you know, get out there and walk barefoot on the grass. Um, mm-hmm. And yet that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Grounding, yeah, no doubt about that. Well, and also, you know, people are so addicted to the technology now, it's changed the whole field, it's changed the electromagnetic spectrum, and, you know, I, I find that it's changed their behavior a lot when it comes down to it. It's not the world we we remember, and, you know, we've had that conversation, but I just don't find it, um, back in the day, it wasn't busyness, it wasn't this weird static in the air that it is now. We had our spy satellites, and we had our tech, don't get me wrong, but now it's really full-on transparent, and it's it's a contributing factor, if you ask me, some of the problems we're having here. What did you see the other day? They were saying that um, the 5G network, the towers that are radiating the 5G network, are interfering with the um, instruments on the on the airplanes that deal with altitude and causing accidents because it interferes mm-hmm. with them knowing how far they are above the earth and everything. Right. Yeah. Those um those are a real hazard. Well, you know, I have that air traffic over my residence, so that's another contributing factor to the toxicity. But, yeah, there's all kinds of problems when it comes down to that, transponders, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I've noticed that we used to have all kinds of problems. Our Internet would go down when they were wiring everything in with this um, flight path coming over. We'd have Internet issues. And then when I'd call the Internet provider, they'd say, we can't tell you what – I think it was government, obviously, because they wouldn't give us information uh-huh. on it, that it was obviously coming from them. But once again, you know, this is what I mean by the interference patterns, and it's absolutely horrific. And like I said, it's the one reason I probably should move because it's it's like living under a bus terminal. <laughs> You're getting bombarded with uh, dirty electricity. It's so not healthy. And that's just one thing. But, yeah, I agree. I think that it's causing some problems with air traffic, and I don't think it's the go-to. I know people want it to be. I don't think that's a go-to. just don't. Well, I, I just don't understand why when they know that Tesla energy works, they don't bring it back. It's money. It's all about the money. Who's making money at this? They, they are. <clears throat> they could give us free electricity in two heartbeats by putting up those towers and plugging us into the earth energy and taking the burden off of us. I mean, they talk about pollution and, and you know, wanting to go away from um, electric, electric energy because 
well, what powers the plant? I mean, it's, it's coal that powers the plants mm-hmm. that create the electricity. Mm-hmm. And they're shutting down yeah, the coal it's going mines. The wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we don't need any of this. Why not? I mean, we really don't. Go ahead. No, no, it, it's true. We don't. And and yet, you know, they they. I I know that there is there are other levels of control that are going on here because I know that that for a while we felt the um, the drilling that was underground mm-hmm. here, so that there were tunnels mm-hmm. that were going through through Tennessee and um, Mm -hmm. every now and then then we would hear what felt like an underground explosion and you know not reported nothing you know everything's fine that was you know don't worry everything's fine well why are they having to go underground into tunnels Mm -hmm. right I mean you know soon soon they'll be able to go from east coast to west coast in, in a matter of hours minutes whatever Mm-hmm. And so from what I understand, we already have those are, capabilities. So why are they taking um, transportation out of the air and putting it underground? It's more secretive. I mean, that's uh, it's more nefarious, I can tell you that much. You don't know what's happening beneath your feet. Although, you know, I think they're weaponizing everything above your head, so or our heads, rather. So everything is getting, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, when it comes down to it. But, yeah, we don't need to go this route. And I'm even thinking, like, the fluorescence, um, like, for roads, you know. I'm I'm thinking we just don't need the the way they've been doing things. It has to be reconstructed. That takes a lot of work, but not really. If you flip everything, it it doesn't really take as much work as people think it does. It would be a nice solution. That would be the seven wonders right there is to flip this world into something much, much more um, free energy related without all this obfuscation. You know, and we yeah, get I mean, rid of the five G, and it's beyond five G. But yeah. And what's the purpose of it? You know, I have to tell you, my cell phone used to be um, <clears throat> something that I could use, and now there's so many ads on it, and there's so much stuff going on. You know, you have trouble getting even to your own material, and you know, once I get there, I forget what I was looking for half the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's 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 it. And it's the same thing with the the desktop. I I work on a desktop. I that seems mm-hmm. to be my best modality. Uh, a laptop doesn't feel right to me. I have to have the big screen. I Part think of that's it is good. I have trouble with my eyes. But mm-hmm. but you know, so it's a matter of it's a matter of what the heck is going on. I mean, why are not more people asking that question why are they so arguing mm-hmm. why are they arguing so much about trivia that they aren't looking I at know. the bigger picture which is which is our our culture is going down the tubes mm-hmm. if you want to call it yep. a culture i mean i'm not sure i right. call it a culture anymore i mean with with i mean you take yeah, a look at the, the uh you know and, and they're all red flags but you know, you get these these groups that are now out there, you know, doing all sorts of protesting for rights that you know they already have and they don't even know it, and and you know they're they're rioting, they're 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 creating an atmosphere of fear, and and why? I mean, yeah, it's turbulence. It, it's it's a, not even positive change. You know, the type of protesting I don't even call it protesting. I mean, it's more than that, but. It's negative. Anyway, you look at it, these people are just wanting to, in my opinion, I think they're just trying to be 
acknowledged. They're they're just uh, being reckless. That it's just more about just agitating the atmosphere even more so than it needs to be. And with that comes more chaos and more ugliness when it comes to our atmosphere and the vibrational field. So that, and even if you're not in close proximity to that, you're still going to be impacted, whether it's through radio, internet, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, it's really a mess. And honestly, they seem to like it this way. They, they seem to, these people in the illusion of power and control seem to like chaos and motion. Not order out of chaos, but literally chaos and motion, where there is nothing but scattered energy and, and fragmentation, psychological weird. You know, that's all they care about. And that's fun. not for me. That's not the world I want to be in. So, yeah, it's a mess. Well, and, and you know, you try to, um, I mean, some of these news stations, they go into asking trivia questions that, that any idiot could answer, and these people have blank stares on their faces, and it's kind of like, oh, my goodness, don't you care mm-hmm. about your, your, your country and, and, you know, what it's going through you know. or not? I mean... Yeah, it's all well, a paycheck for them. They, well, exactly. And that that terrifies me. I mean, I mean, my son and daughter-in-law went to law school on student loans and, and partially they're undergraduate. And he has paid off both of them. And now suddenly people want it forgiven. Mm-hmm. And... And I understand, I know people who are struggling, you know, with, with their student loans and, and you know, they, they're not able to find jobs, jobs that are commensurate with their degrees, so they're having trouble. I, I got that. I understand that. But at the same time, I don't want to give them a free ride because they haven't earned it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, you know, they had the, the, the program for people who were out of work that they could, you know, build roads and do tunnels and stuff like that during the Depression. Well, maybe we should have projects like that today. Our roads are in terrible disrepair. So mm-hmm. people who are out of work, if they want to get a handout, let them work for it. I mean, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about, I'm not talking about um, single mothers who have 12 children or stuff like that. I'm talking about healthy, able-bodied people that are able to work and are choosing to not because it's easier to leave off, live off the fat of the land. The land no longer has any fat. Oh, exactly. So, no, that's so true. It's gutted pretty much. And yet, um, somebody said we had to let all these people in at the border because somebody had to plant the fields and cultivate them. we got lots of people here that aren't working. Let them do a good day's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. Right. No, it's, it's definitely just, recklessness, uh, everything. None of it adds up on a cosmic scale. It really doesn't. Well, no matter what any government does, half of the people are going to revolt and half of the people are going to say, what are you talking about? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's not even there's not even a way of getting a cohesiveness about this is what we have to do to get out of trouble. Um, my HOA that, that I'm president of, um, I took a look at, you know, what is coming in and what is going out. <laughs> and there was mm-hmm. more going out than there was coming in. And I called everybody together and I gave them the paper and I said, here's the black, white, and red. We have to raise the HOA fees. And, and mm-hmm. I said, if, you know, if you have a question, if you're angry, if you, want, if you don't want to do this, you are entitled to be against it. 
but you may not voice that entitled you know that that entitlement unless you have a way of dealing with it beyond raising the HOA. Mm-hmm. And you know, I said I don't want to raise it either. I'm I'm paying it. You know, it's it's not like it's not like I'm getting off scot free. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they all just sat there and looked at me, and I said, I, "There's no other way around this." You know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and and if if somebody knows a way around this, speak up, because I'm right. I'm all for not doing this, but I have nothing else. You know, if if this were my checking account, I would go, oh, dear Lord, I need a second job or a third job mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. But but people, you know, they aren't doing that. They aren't taking mm-hmm. a look at, at society as a whole. And, you know, what can I do to change it? Um, golly, gee whiz. I mean, you're, you know, there are volunteer places you can go. There are things that you can do. I know a long time ago, my sister, when we had we had uh, we had people coming in. I forget. This this goes back like twenty, maybe twenty years. And she said to mm-hmm. me, "Well, you have an extra bedroom or two. Why don't you take in some of these people?" And I said, "I I don't think so." And just within the last year, she her husband passed away, so she's got plenty of room in her house, and she was you know, talking about stuff. And I said, well, you know, you have extra rooms there. Why don't you take in some of these <laughs> refugees? And holy mackerel. <laughs> I saw it on the side of her. I didn't know existed. <laughs> and it was kind of like, you know, I kind of wanted to say, mm-hmm. well, you pulled on me, but, you know, I didn't have a chance. Right. She got, she was so outraged. She didn't talk to me for a oh, couple days. Um, but, but you know, it, it it's kind of like, if the people that were coming into the country were indeed refugees from, um, you know, I don't know, a dictatorship or something like that, I could see it. But, but that's not the case here. And, no. And it's, I, I, I corrected somebody that was talking about it, and I said, look, this is not refugees. This is an invasion. And people had better mm-hmm. take a good look at this. This is an invasion. And mm-hmm. we are giving them cell phones and food stamps, and, and we're welcoming people into the country to take it over. And nobody mm-hmm. is paying any attention. No, I mean, they don't care. Just, they won't care until it's over, until they're six feet under or in a very bad situation. You know, it's unfortunate. They're not yeah, real bright. I'm telling you, they're like they're like cows chewing cud in the field. They just they're really not that bright. It doesn't take much, just situation awareness to pay attention. Well, anybody who lives on the border knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and and it's just, but you know what gets to me 20 years ago, maybe 30, well, at least 20 years ago, they made a big deal about all of these um, camps that um, were being set up across the country that were for um they they were for who was it that was doing it? FEMA. FEMA was setting them up. There were over mm-hmm. eight hundred of them. And they were staffed and they had um lodging for thousands and thousands of people. And mm-hmm. why aren't why are these refugees coming across the border not put in these camps to process accordingly 
and to either send back to where they came from or offer them offer them um, shelter. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, weren't they putting them in military bases for, at one point? Yeah, they I were. I heard something to yeah. that effect. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Some of them, oh, some of them yeah. were. And, and you know, what, what gets me is we had the ability to house every refugee that has come across the border. And these, but what was interesting was, at, by one of these camps, they were they were looking for people to um, to to serve, you know, in the camp. And one of the things that one of the questions they were asked was, would you would you be able to fire on an American citizen? And I thought, well, that's interesting. But you know, Katrina oh, sure hit. Mm-hmm. And all those people were in a, a football stadium where the camps were around there. I mean, I, I had the map for the longest time of where the the camps are all over the country. They're mm-hmm. ready for people to be put in them, and and we've never used them. We've never activated them, and yet they are manned. And there's food, and there's clothing, and there's all sorts of stuff in them. And, yes, they are like a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And the minute you put people in them, that's what they're going to say. But mm-hmm. if you can house these people, if you can take care of them and process them accordingly, and if they don't belong in this country, just put them on a plane and send them home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that easy. That easy. It is that easy. Just, yet they want chaos. They want everybody, you know, second-class citizens to poverty. Everybody's just, like I said, it's not it's not getting any better for the upper-middle-class middle-class. It's getting worse. As far as I can tell. So, well, yeah, and you know these tents, these tent cities and stuff like that. They they really, for the most part, are not the aliens coming across the border. They're American citizens. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So why are why are they suddenly, you know, camping out on the side of the road? I, I you know. It's a, it's it, really I, bad, it and of course, be, a lot of it's drug addicts, but. Not everything is a drug addict. Not all. Not all of it's drugs. No, true. But it, it's sort of like okay, um, and the trailer, you know, the trailers and everything. I mean, Cal- in California, especially, is is where I've seen most of them. But it's got to be all mm-hmm. over the place. It's it's like they're not out working. At least at least what I have observed, they don't have jobs that they're bringing money, you know, in to to feed and fuel and stuff like that. They're, mm-hmm. they, they've got their house, you know, that they 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 are living in, and that's it. And it's it. it I know there are jobs out there. I know there are. Mhm. Mhm. Actually, it's hard to find so, work in a sense of people. Business owners are having a hard time getting good help. So that's going on. Well, you know, I think people it's, don't want to work. It's also a matter. It, it, it's it's a matter of pride too, and. That goeth before the fall. I know that that after I moved to Connecticut, I was on a tight budget for sure, and um, you know I, I I I certainly had money to cover my bills and to bring in food. But what if I wanted to do something extra? I didn't have that kind of money, and um, I I had I had gone to this this place that kind of like UPS, but not UPS. You know, they mailed stuff out for people mm-hmm. and they packed stuff mm-hmm. and they mailed it out. 
And I knew the people there, and they had a sign in the window that said, Help Wanted. And, you know, I said, you know, what, what, what are you hiring for? And, you know, she said, you know, somebody did stuff envelopes and stuff like that. And I said, well, can I apply? And she looked at me and she said, you know, you've got two master's degrees, you've got a college education, you know, what are you talking about? I said, I, I could use the money. And I mm-hmm. worked for, for them, um, gosh, for almost a year. Um, mm-hmm. Not full-time, but part-time. And, you know, when I got the paycheck for, like, you know, I got $8 an hour. And okay. the, wow. woman, the woman said, you know, why are you doing this? And I said, I'm not proud. I, I, I love the people here. I'm having a good time. And the money that I'm getting is what I need to do the things that I want to do. So I, I have no problem stuffing envelopes. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was not a big deal. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a brother-in-law who was out of work, and he, he bagged groceries for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they you actually know, pay pretty there well are jobs. <clears throat> but, but, yeah. but, you know, there are jobs if you're mm-hmm. willing to do them. And oh, yeah, the there are. And, and, you know, and, and don't sit back and say, well, with my education, I should be making X amount an hour. No, the reality is you're going to get whatever the person is going to pay you. And if that's not right for you, then you go on to something else. But there's there's always... You know, it's not a it's not a matter of being too proud to work. I mean, mm-hmm. I was willing to work. I mean, I I got paper cuts like crazy, <laughs> and oh thank God. God I to lick the envelopes. But but um, and they even let <laughs> yeah. me run the big machines a couple times until I broke one of them. But you know, it was it was a matter of, and then finally, um, I got they let me go because they had. Um, um, mothers, you know, uh, people, women that had children that were in um, shelters that needed the job more, and you know, I, you know, absolutely, I have no problem. You know, I, they got me, they got me over the hump, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are ways to earn money in an honorable way, and mm-hmm. and if you're if you sincerely want to work for your whatever. Then, then you can do it. I mean, I'm sure you've done the same thing. I'm sure that there have been times where mm-hmm. you did what you needed to do. Oh yeah, I've done a lot of different kind. Of, well, security surveillance work mainly, but yeah, yeah. But it didn't pay like bad, but it was you know, it's, it is what it is. And you're right, it gets you through a certain cycle. Um, but the bottom line is, everything is so much tough right now. Now people don't want to work anymore, and, and they uh, it's really hard to find good good help. From what I've hear, what I've been hearing from people who own businesses, and nobody wants to be there, nobody wants to show up, and it's the same thing over and over again. You know, this is a this is a society that, in my opinion, doesn't know what work is, or they they didn't grow up with that kind of environment or work ethic, so it's a little bit different. Well, where is it? Is it England or France? Is it some place that are going to be experimenting with a four a four day work week? I like that. That's good. Yeah, why not? Four days on, three days off. I mean, if you work in anything like surveillance and security work, they usually do that. So, yeah, it's much better than working every single day. And I still like the idea of working remote. I think that's fabulous. You know, you get to be in your slippers and you can do whatever you want to do. And who wouldn't want that? I don't know. That's me. You know, I've worked corporate before and I never liked having to go to the office. So, 
you know, it's kind of nice. Well, I think the the pandemic shot us in the foot in that that nobody mm-hmm. was able to go to work just about, and and people got used to not going to work, and then mm-hmm. suddenly they were expected to turn up in an office, and it was like, I don't think so, and you know. We got right. thousand dollar checks for staying at home. Oh um, yeah, they get they were getting paid more money for staying home. Yep. So, so it's a matter of, um, you know, I'm I'm older now, and I, you know, there there are fewer things that I could do, but I would have no problem at all. I mean, there was at one point there was a lady who um, I was ordering um, food from from um, you know to be delivered. And um, at one time, the woman who delivered the food, she said, you know, she was so grateful for the opportunity to deliver the food. She said, I need a new, a new garage, and I'm, I'm just doing this until I have the money to pay for the new garage, and then I'll, you know, quit. But, she, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. she was delivering food to people, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was her job. I mean, you can mm-hmm. find things that are creative that you can do that will help you, and you just have to be mm-hmm. creative about. It. And <clears throat> and look at look at uh, Uber, look at all the people that mm-hmm. are making money by by just taking their car and delivering people to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that can be kind of sketchy, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it can be kind of dangerous. But you know, it is what it is. I haven't taken an Uber. I've never been on one of those. I, I'm just not one to to do that. But I have I have Ubered <laughs> twice, and mm-hmm. and um, it was a good experience both times. And and the cool thing is, you pay when you sign up for it, so you don't have to exchange money with whoever the driver is or anything like that. They don't have to collect money mm-hmm. from you or everything. It's all paid for, and they deliver you to where you're going. And if you want to tip them, you do it through Uber. You don't give them money, mm-hmm. you know, that way. And it's they use their own car. They they use their own cars, and mm-hmm. um, it it you know it was it is always no wait I tell you, I've done it more than that. There was somebody who was prov- providing service to and from airports, and that was the only thing she did. And I used her frequently mm-hmm. um you know and and it's you can you can figure out a way i mean somebody said to me well now you you know you're publishing books now you should have royalties coming in and i looked at them and i laughed really? that's funny <laughs> no no yeah. no unless you're stephen king uh, but yeah <laughs> he only gets he only gets six or seven cents a book well so, yeah, it adds up after a while, so, but still, you know, yeah. Well, he has the movie deals and everything else, so he is definitely mm-hmm. um, he's he's making good money. But okay. at, at least, at least, you know, I can speak. Uh, Patrick, he wrote three books, and that was well over twenty years ago, and I'm still getting mm-hmm. royalties from his books, and and oh, that's a nice. lot of money. Oh my. Yeah, I, well, yeah, but you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a lot of money, but it's, it's money, right? And, and it's extra. But, it, but, but you don't, you don't get rich on, on. I think, for me, having something that I've written up on Amazon or putting something 
that is my philosophy out there was the coolest thing in the world and mm-hmm. if if there's a dollar or two that comes my way that's that's really cool but the reality is I wrote it to put it out there not necessarily mm-hmm. to get rich I mean right I I I know people who have thought you know, well, I've written this book, and now I'm going to sit back and enjoy the royalties. And it was like, oh, be like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 funny. It's fun, and, and it, it, it's it's exciting to see that you know something you've created is out there. But at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah. you know, it, it's sort of like, okay, get back to work and do something else. So, you know, that's that's. It's it's hard to transition out of that. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, it's a good thing. And you know, I I have Mark Eddy to thank for that. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how sometimes you say something and you regret it almost immediately, and then and then sometimes you regret it a little bit later on, and you really regret saying it. And mm-hmm. I remember saying to him. Oh, probably a year or two ago. I don't know how long ago it was. It was, it was a while back. I said, you know, I, I I interview all these authors and all these people, and they're fascinating, and I love reading the books. Don't get me wrong. But I'm interesting to talk to, too, and I nobody ever wants to talk to me. And mm-hmm. so when I wrote the wrote the when Ken, Ken and I got together and, and did the Roswell book, Mark booked me on probably close to 30 shows. <laughs> and awesome. and I no longer will ever say nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's fabulous. Um, he's good at that. He's he's fabulous at it. He absolutely Oh, is. I always loved and, interviewing you. You've been great. I remember you, well, like, you were on Hyperspace way before all this started, and fabulous interview all the time. Well, it, it's it, – thank you. Um but but you know it was like I felt sorry for myself, and then suddenly there are here here are these thirty some interviews that I did on on the Roswell book, and mm-hmm. and it was like it would have been great if it really generated sales, but it doesn't, and mm-hmm. and so it was it was I realized you know the radio shows are really an ego boost for sure, but. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't generate any sales. It's. It's just. Um, it's a good ego boost, and it's. It's cool for the. It can eventually, though. You'd be surprised. It, it might just. You might get a bunch of sales. I mean, it never. You know, just just because it's just not flowing exactly the way you thought it was gonna. You might find that it just might go all of a sudden, crazy with sales. You know, I think coast to coast is one of those that actually people do. Supposedly, they used to be able to sell their books out there. And I've even heard that a lot of those authors now are not even selling a whole lot when they're on coast to coast with a huge audience. So, you know, I think things change. I think people get tired of books. And plus, you know, now they can download everything, which is really nice for a couple bucks, I think. Um, and that makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. It's still money, but yeah. Yeah, we're putting uh, the Cosmic Deck book is going to be on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah, that's nice. Um, I love it. Well, you know, but but it's it's really kind of like, okay, um, it's cool to have it out there. It's it's it's. Um, I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to write the book and to put it out there. It's sort of like something that I had always said. I wish I'd written the book for the cards, and you know, there it's there. Mm-hmm. It's out there, 
and now it's it's kind of like I have other stuff that I want to do, and you actually have been inspiration for me. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, you've always been inspiration. I mean, you're, you're, all of your books I absolutely adore and, and, and you know, steal from, you know, blatantly. Oh, but, um, but, <laughs> but But my favorite book was your children's book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that, that that is probably the most beautiful book out there. It is a glorious story, and the illustrations are just amazing. And, you know, it's something that it, it's a field, it's an area that is not touched upon by many at all. And, and so mm-hmm. um, I am taking a page out of your book, and I'm going Aww. to write children's books, but, but with the metaphysical flavor to them, so mm-hmm. that I'm so that, um, going to have a little boy and a little girl, Gonna ha- gonna take them on an adventure of understanding the spirit world and spirituality, and travel and oh, nice. astral travel and all of that. But gonna do it for kids so that they understand mm-hmm. what it is and how natural it is and how how important it is to understand that aspect of themselves and mm-hmm. the fact that that if you go to the spirit, the essence of spirit in all of us, it's exactly the same. It's not a color. Mm-hmm. It's not a shade. It's not a culture. It's 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 sheer vibrance that is etheric and has no form. And mm-hmm. so that is the realm they will travel in as they adventure into learning the cosmic laws and the universal energies. Oh, I love it. Well, that's wonderful. I can't wait for that one. Very good. And I agree. I think kids don't really have uh, they really don't have much resource when it comes down to books based on that it just seems that way anyway so that's kind of nice well I, I i figure i'm gonna name the little boy the little girl after my grandchildren oh, so that's cool. i like that it, and 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and and i'm playing cool. with it and and i found somebody that um one of the people who in, who inter, interviewed me among the many that that mark set me up for has a publishing company with graphic designers, with artists oh, nice. you know, that do the artwork. So mm-hmm. um, my theory is to make it a series of books. Mm-hmm. So, Very cool. I love we'll it. See. Well, that's something for you to be working on. So, yeah, it sounds like it's already in motion. How awesome. That's very cool. Looking forward to that. Well, in my, in my mind, it's in motion. <laughs> Well, see you know how that works. Paper. Already done. It will. So I think it's great. That's very cool. Well, I very think nice. it's... Congratulations. It's, but, but your book um, was, was just, I mean, I've given your book as a gift to so many people. Um, oh, thank you. Because it is, it is such a quiet, gentle exposure to all sorts of cool stuff. And mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites. I mean, it. I think that's that's one of the best children's books out there. That, you know, do you have any idea how well it's doing, or <laughs> did you, you just know, let go of it? I don't know. Think? I mean, it sells, but it's funny. I was expecting it once again. It wasn't expectation, but I thought for sure that the pagan community in general would just, you know, love it. And 
Well, I didn't get that much uh, feedback from anybody, but I do have people that really love it that have read it. And I have heard from people in the past. So it's one of those things where the right people do buy it, but it's not one of these excessive sales. I always wanted to put it in animation, though. I mean, I still have that in the back of my head that it would be a great little 30-minute cartoon, you know, like Peanuts. But it's, uh, you know, it'd just be so cute. I really think that would be nice. So that was always there to, to do something with it and put it out there like that. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's funny. When the, when the Cosmic Tech was originally written, uh, not written, drawn, um, the only the only promotion that was done was it was put in the U.S. Games catalog, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And and so, and I know that there are over over eleven or twelve thousand decks out there. So I know it's wow. sold. Um, mm-hmm. because I have the the monthly re- reports, you know. So mm-hmm. so it's kind of like. It's been 30 years since I actually really put anything out there. When Whispers was written, Patrick just published it, and it was put out on on, on uh, Amazon. And, you know, I didn't pay any attention. Um, and I, I guess part of the royalties that come in for his books, there's, there, there may be one or two here for, for a Whispers book. But um, it's kind of like, okay, how do I... You know, I, I, it should take on a life of its own. You know, the cards in the book should take on a life of their own if this is the right time for them. And yet, what is my responsibility as promoting them? And how do I do that? Um, mm-hmm. So I, Jeannie and I are going to do, starting with, oh, starting with this coming Friday, we're going to be doing readings with the Cosmic Deck, free readings on on uh, Blog Talk again, once a week. Nice to to promote the cards, and we'll see we'll see if that you know I don't know what it will generate, but um, just to get you know people talking about it out there again. Mm-hmm. So we'll, oh, yeah. we'll see what happens. You know, I just mm-hmm. um, I I don't intend to to just, you know, hammer at pushing them. I do believe they've been birthed. Now it's a matter mm-hmm. of are they going to catch on or, or not. I mean, when the Cosmic Deck came out, it was only the second circular deck ever published. And the only mm-hmm. other two, the Aquarian and um, the Rider Waite. Now mm. everybody and their second cousin, Sammy, have a deck of cards out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I like yours, though. I, mean, I really are. do. I do, too. I mean, I've used it for 30 it's years. It's unique. And I, it's very I, unique. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's it's kind of like, okay, so so where is the line that you take a creative project and you let go of it and you move on to the next project? I mean, is mm-hmm. it, you know, do you birth it and then step back? Do you promote and then step back? Do you, is it an ongoing process, and then you step back? I think back it's ongoing. And you... Yeah, and you also it's multitasking too. So that's done. That's one little thing that's done, which isn't so little. And then just keep working uh-huh. on other things and multitasking. The more you do interviews, the more it gets more, uh, you know, exposure when it comes down to what it is. And you have this this nice uh, profile now with with the books in there. So I would say just just let it ride. But also, 
you know, just keep doing the interviews. You know, just keep promoting it. And not, not to a point where you're, like, constantly having to oversaturate yourself, but just put it out there, and, and it's done. It's a finished deal. I think it's going to pick up, especially in the summertime. I find that it will, definitely. And people will well, get it. You know, they don't just all of a sudden listen to these podcasts, so it takes a while for people to start listening to stuff. Well, I think around October I'll put something out, you know, what a great Christmas present this would be, you know, with a book oh, yeah. of cards. Stocking so, stuffer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're awful big to be a stocking stuffer. Well, big stockings. Where I come from, we use big stockings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. I'm one of those. That's a really big stocking. Those are for the dogs, but um, not oh, yeah. you know. Oh, geez, yeah. I think it's fabulous. But yeah, well, it's 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 you know it's sort of like a new a new venue for me to be experimenting with, and you mm-hmm. know I I, I want to keep a balance in my life, but at the same time, I have found that that the more creative you are, the more everything opens up for you. So it's a matter mm-hmm. of you know not one and done. But what's next? Where do you go next? What is it you're going to put out there next? And, you know, mm-hmm. now I have to start working on the website some more because I haven't done a lot on the website lately. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same It's the same with you. I mean, you've got two radio shows. I mean, my Lord, how do mm-hmm. you manage that? I don't know. And it's been weird. because I've had some time off because Tina had some things going on. So I've had two weeks off over there on KTR, which has been really nice. You know, take, I never take Friday nights off, so the, the fact that I was able to do that was like, wow, this feels really good. It's been a long time, that sort of thing. And even, you know, the Raven Star Witching Hour has been around forever. And, yeah, after a while, you kind of wonder, like, I could really use a, a deep, deep, like, you know, vacation. <laughs> but I don't mind. I do enjoy I the radio. Oh, I do, too. Uh, and and But it's sort of like, okay, so you have you have messages you're putting out there, so do I. And and it's it's important that we expose the audience to whether it's a person that we're interviewing or a philosophy that we're promoting, you know that there there is there's a purpose to this. And I I've said this a billion times. I truly think that audio is the way to go because if there's video, people are looking at your you know whatever is mm-hmm. behind you. Or mm-hmm. you know, are you, you know, are they messing with their hair, or are are they eating? I've I've been on a couple of interview shows where the people are eating, you know, while we're that's talking. so rude. I'm sorry, and that's terrible. I, I know. <laughs> I, I can understand coffee and having some tea and you know water, this that and the other, but to sit there and eat, that's annoying. Well, and and but but you know the 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 main purpose, the main reason, the main my philosophy is that if people are stimulated by watching you as opposed to listening to you, you don't have all their attention. But if it's only your voice that's going out, they are creating pictures in their head that are far better than the visual that any video could do. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, that color looks good on her. She should wear that more often. Or, you know, oh, I didn't think she would look like that. And, you know, I, I just Peanut I strongly, yeah, and uh, gosh, I can remember watching, uh, oh, somebody, Curious Times, Chris Curious Times, she she went into the video thing, and one woman was literally laying in bed eating, and she was on video, and oh, listening, and then there were, you know, so it was kind of like, 
oh my gosh, I don't. Mm-hmm. This doesn't appeal mm-hmm. to me. This this takes down the um, validity of what is being said. It's not so, professional. Bottom line. No. I mean, I will Ridiculous. admit, you know, I only dress from the waist up. I mean, I, I'm not naked. But, oh, I get you know, that. You know, I mean, that's different. Yeah, no, no, my sweats don't show. So, you know, and the fact that I'm in my bare feet or whatever. Um, but but it's kind of like you have to present a face that will validate your words. And... Frankly, I would rather people didn't really know me that way. I'd rather they know mm-hmm. me from the sound of my voice. And it's funny, I was um, setting up an interview with, with um, who was it? It was, um, I can't even remember. Um, but but it, it was one of the authors, and when I was talking to him, he said, well, we've met. And I said, no, I don't think so. And um, he said, oh, no. We've met. I know we've met. And I said, well, I've never been to your state. You've never been to mine. So, you know, I I can't, you know, and we went on talking, and he finally said, wait a minute, Secrets of the Stones. I said, yeah, I did that. And he said, I've listened to it 20 or 30 times. He said, I recognize your voice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll take that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It, it, it means I don't know if he heard what I said, but he recognized my voice. Mm-hmm. So, so I, yeah. you it's know, very distinct. Distinct. You have a distinct voice. Well, it's kind of like I'd, I'd rather not be like. I walked by um, in a New York airport at one time. Um, I was rolling past something, and I was looking at the floor, I guess, and I saw these white books, and I looked up, and it was Pat Boone. Wow there waiting for his plane too you know mm-hmm. so you know his i recognize his feet before i recognize his face <laughs> oh how funny that's cute but it's kind of well and that and the fact that you know we get older i mean the the pictures mm-hmm. that i've got oh, on yeah. my website and everything are 10 years old but mm-hmm. they're good pictures yeah. and i'm not changing right, me them. too Oh, I'm not changing no, mine, but it's true. I don't like being on video, but I, I have to say the videos that I do do, and I don't do many interviews anymore, not many. I don't want to, unless they're people I know. But it's uh, they always want a video. They always want to look at you, and I'm like, you know what? I, I prefer just to have a picture up. I am done with that whole scenario, and I, I doesn't, in my opinion, I don't think it sells anymore. It doesn't reel people in anymore to me. It's just, yeah, I'm not real, I'm not a real fan of that sort of thing, to be honest with you. And yeah. It's, it doesn't matter well, anymore. I but I've never photographed well anyway. Something. I don't care. Well, no, I, I I haven't met a camera that ever liked me, ever. <laughs> I me. mean, yeah. And and uh, when I was going to take um, the pictures, you know, I had a date with a photographer, and I people had said you have to have your picture on your website, and I thought, oh crap. And so I went, and the photographer, you know posed me and everything and we looked at the pictures and I said you know it's no reflection on your talent but they're terrible and he said well (laughs) what do you suggest and I said well my personality is active 
And I said, I think you should have me just talking to you about what I do and answering questions, and you snap pictures as I'm talking. And that's yeah, exactly that's what better. they did. And they're, and, and they're great pictures. Mm-hmm. They're just great pictures, you know. I hate those forced so, pictures where you fake smile. No, that's no good. I mean, it almost looked like they were, you know, the pictures that had the head held straight so you could sit and hold the pose for 20 minutes oh, while the camera no. decided to take it in there. They were, it was disgusting. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. it just wasn't me. And, and I was paying for this. So, and afterwards mm-hmm. I said, I, I realize I've been here twice the time. And, you know, I only brought enough money for the, the one session. And, and he said, no, no, you taught me something here. He said, I, I'm going to, you know, he said, I am going to not only take the formal pictures of most people but have them talk and see if their vibrancy mm-hmm. comes through better while they're talking than than if they're posed. So that, right. you know, yeah, so can something yeah. and I did too. I think that's any yeah, photographer. No, I, I think that that's something they should hone in on. Yeah. Yeah, just and More it, candid it, pictures. You know, I was, I'm so grateful I have pictures that have me sparkling. And so that's mm-hmm. what's up. I mean, I still sparkle, mm, cool. but... <laughs> you always sparkle. Not totally. <laughs> we all sparkle, even if we get older and the illusion of aging, you know. But yeah, but I certainly do. don't. I'm not big on all that. Yeah, that whole video stuff. Of course, I'm supposed to do a workshop and I'm supposed to be on video, and I absolutely despise it. So, you know, a lot of my real uh, people that I actually interact with clients, they don't need to have me on on a video. They're they're good enough with me on just a phone line or audio on Skype. But sometimes when you're doing workshops or whatever, it seems like they want to look at you and they want to look at your background out there. I don't have a real background. I put lights up. And I'm not going to put one of these fake backgrounds. I'm not doing it. I'm just not playing the game. So it is what it is. No. It's very organic. Yeah. Well, I saw something that I really, really wanted to do, and I haven't figured out how to do it yet. But I saw a video, and um, it was a lawyer. And he, he he was, I guess, working from home, and his computer was down, and so he had to have a meeting with a, a judge and two other lawyers as well, and he borrowed his daughter's uh, laptop and signed in on Skype, and all he heard was laughter. And he had no idea what they were laughing at because he wasn't really paying attention to what was on screen. And he looked, and apparently his daughter had found an app that made her a cat. And the cat talked with her voice. Oh, cute. And and the judge said to him, finally, you know, you do realize you're a dog. And he said, not no, a cat. And he said, sir, I am not a cat. And, and the judge said, take a look at your screen. And the other two lawyers were just doubled up. And That's he funny. saw that here he was a kitty you know, t- claiming that it was not a kitty cat. And, you know, That's I could funny. get one of those emojis. I would put that, that up. That is cute. And they could. Yeah. It was darling. And um, mm-hmm. my, my grandson said that he would he would be able to, you know, find out how to do that. And I, I'm sure he's forgotten. Oh, yeah. But I really, if I could do that, if I could, if I could have me, me as a cat, Doing the interviews, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Just, Actually, that's that's well, very animated. That's fun. Maybe not if I did coast to coast or something like that, but with a lot well, of. They just audio that, anyway. They don't do video well, that's unless true. you're doing the Gaia thing. Yeah, yeah. Nah. So that's part. I mean, they're old fashioned too. That's the old RPL stuff. So 
yeah, they don't need to have people's videos up. It's your audio. It's your voice. It's how you communicate. Makes more sense to me. Oh, gosh, yeah. But but I would love to be able to have that, that kitty cat be me and talk about mm-hmm. stuff. Even if it was talking about serious spiritual stuff, a cat can be spiritual, too. But Oh, yeah, they're temple kitties. I, I just, Guardians. <laughs> I don't know. Someday I will I will actually find somebody that can do that for me. And I have a tech. Why couldn't I? I'll, I'll ask my tech to figure it out. You should. You'll to... figure Oh, it's not. It's just an app. I'm sure it's not a big deal. Well, it's a big enough deal, so I haven't found it yet. But I'm, I'm still looking. But um, it's it's kind of like, you know, life is too short to be serious all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so... I know you can change your background easily on Skype and mm-hmm. on Zoom and stuff like that. So right. um, it seems to me you'd be able to do the other. If ever, if mm-hmm. ever I do, there's a one show that I've been on a number of times, and the and the the, the men are just just lovely, and they're called the Three Beards. And oh, I, I love thought, them. Yeah, I've been on their show. Yeah, good stuff. I, Thank I, you, Mark. I have. Yes, thank you, Mark. And I've often thought, you know, I really, next time I'm on, I'm going to get a fake beard and turn up in the fake beard. Oh, that'd be so funny. Just thank because, you. yeah, they're very nice guys. Oh, they're good. So, yeah, I really like them. No, Mark has found some very, very interesting people, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, good, uh, good interviewers and, yeah. He's a great bookie. He's he's an absolute great bookie. Um, I keep telling I him checks him in the mail. Because <laughs> <laughs> my invisible bank account. <laughs> I, I have actually started to um, put money aside every time he gives me a sh- gets me a show, and I will send him at the end of the month, oh, um, wow. you know, something for for what he's done because, you know, <laughs> he really he he works hard. He does. He does. So I've doubled his salary a number of times. Um, So so I kind of um, he does he does, and and you know he he really is such a wealth of um, information and people that you know when when he worked with Freedom Slips, I I. I talked to him often, and he did help me out mm-hmm. here and there with with you know people. And then he left Freedom Slips mm-hmm. to go someplace else, and and I was so sorry. I I was I was gonna you know try to get him on the nightlight, but then he got another place, and then he left that place. And I finally I I thought there was a third, but maybe not. But um, I finally said to him, Oh, come on. Up come over to Nightlight, I'll give you your own show, I'll do all the techie work, I will just blatantly take advantage of everybody you know. And mm-hmm. uh, he's been a good he's been a good sport. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Nice compliment. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, it's it's okay. been a joy to have him. And and mm-hmm. you know, I have doubled his salary a number of times. Uh, of course he gets paid mm-hmm. nothing, so it's easy to double it. <laughs> he has a universal checkbook. Big, big, oh, big yeah. universal checkbook. Every now and then I remind him who signs his paycheck. So, uh, no, he's, <laughs> he's he's really cool and greatly appreciated. <laughs> but, 
But um, yeah, he's great. But it's 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 you know having pod. Everybody is on podcasting now. Have you noticed? All of the newscasters mm-hmm. have their own podcast, and oh, I know that's um, laughable, isn't it? It is. It's funny. You have mainstream news people that have their own YouTube channels, and I'm like, this is funny. So yeah, yeah. Well, I had Mark Snyder on um, a week or so ago, and he—he's good. I do too. He's he's a wealth of knowledge, and the Billy Meyer material Mm -hmm. he has is just phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. what happened? He was he he played clips from the. Star Wars, uh, uh, no, the um, Star Trek, one of the spinoffs. And I put the show up and YouTube took it down because I betrayed copyright whatevers. Oh, brother. So, oh, yeah. Well, only if you're making money, but, it should let it ride. But who knows? Well, I, well, it didn't make that big a difference. It just meant it's not on YouTube. We've got 20 or so mm-hmm. other servers. So it's out all over the place. The only place it mm-hmm. isn't is YouTube. But, um, yeah, unfortunate. Well, unfortunately, you know, we've got a good following on there, so it's you know, I don't want to yeah. turn and walk away. So, mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. Oh no, no, I I've learned how to make you know movies out of the MP3s. No, no, I I, I learned mm-hmm. what I needed to learn. <laughs> We're staying there. We just mm-hmm. can't, you know, mm-hmm. we can't place stuff that is copywritten and stuff like that and. And that's mm-hmm. actually not why I thought they would have bounced the show, but um, it got bounced. And, mm-hmm. and there was there have been two other shows that have been bounced. So, you know, it's, even though I'm very careful and I try not to go into politics or question the government or anything like that, um, we've managed to step over the line a couple of times, which, you know, mm-hmm. surprises me. Because I'm a coward as far as a lot of that goes. I, I really don't want to get too controversial. Mm-hmm. So. I'm the opposite. I never wanted to be controversial. It just happened that way. It wasn't even my choice. It's unfortunate. But that's no, you're really very good. You know, you, well, I mean, you. some of your material. Uh, I, well, I know that, technology uh, parts, you know. <laughs> yeah. You get into that stuff and... and people's ears perk up and and then you know watch out (laughs) but but you know you're staying out of trouble so that's a good thing i do my best you know they know me i know them. two ships that pass in the night that kind of thing (laughs) well i i would say that that you know you you certainly have had some fascinating people on both of your shows that are really spectacular thank you they're fun i've had some really good people and some newbies, too. I put some people on that weren't, they, they've never really been on radio, just to give them that kind of a platform, and they've done really well. So I like to do that as well, where, you know, just unknowns show up and get to communicate. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it's amazing because there is so much material out there that is spectacular that that just doesn't, it, it, isn't, it isn't getting into the general flow of information and, you know, if you're mm-hmm. on, if, if it's on YouTube, I mean, YouTube is really as far as that goes. It's got a spectacular audience, and and like, mm-hmm. well, well, Gary Gary Wayne was on not too long ago, two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and he's mm-hmm. archiving beautifully, and and well, that's nice. It, it's funny. Well, it's funny because he's 
he did Genesis 6 Conspiracy mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I interviewed him on a lot of different aspects of that book over the years, maybe five different shows over, over a couple of years. And so so he had a new book that was coming out, and and the publication kept getting put off and put off and put off, and I would say to him, you know, so what are we talking about? And, you know, this last time we talked about the CERN Collider, which was fascinating, but we've talked mm-hmm. about bloodlines we've talked about all sorts of things and you know it's it's getting his material out there has been a joy and so exciting mm-hmm. so it's, yeah he's a good one it's kind of uh, i mean uh, and but but don't you find that, that doing these radio shows you make friends of people that you never will oh, yeah. have been friends with yeah yeah and it's not paper mache i mean these are real tangible people i love that part it's a lot of networking that's not like commercial or superficial, it's, it's really nice. And and I do like uh-huh. that. It's been really good. Yeah. I, I think I, I know just, more people on the uh, internet than I do in real life <laughs> in the illusion of, you know, local. Well, yeah. I, somebody said, you must have a lot of friends. And I said, well, I have a lot of really good acquaintances. Um, mm-hmm. You know, friends, friends are different, but um, – mm-hmm. It, it's it's so cool to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody that under normal circumstances would never even accept your phone call. Right. Yeah. And and you know it's like like Charlie Pellegrino who's who did you know the Tomb of Jesus and he did all of the uh, Titanic material and you know he's mm-hmm. he, and he and he did the best book in the world on uh, on uh, the. Uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He interviewed people that survived mm-hmm. both of them. And mm. that book is the most spectacular book ever. I would highly recommend everybody should read it. Once you have read that book, you will never advocate using nuclear power mm-hmm. ever again on anybody. Mm-hmm. It, it's right. just, it's a staggering book. And, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And he and and his writing style in that book is different from almost every other book he's read he's written that I've read. So that book was meant to be for sure. And mm-hmm. you just you know um, it's it's the last uh, the last train from Hiroshima I think is the name of it. And mm-hmm. everyone every adult. Oh, Solaris! It is. I'll read it. Oh yeah. Um, if if I had to recommend just one book to everybody out there and, you know, that I said this is the one book you need to read in your life sometime, that would be it. Um, wow. It, 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 it is profound. It goes into, um, he, 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 these are people that he's interviewed that survived. And mm-hmm. um, there was one, there was one doctor who was in one of the hospitals who had macular degeneration and he was having to, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was dying, you know, because he wasn't able to be a surgeon and stuff like that. And he survived Hiroshima and um, it cured his macular degeneration. Wow. And Amazing. He was, yeah, he said it's, 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 you know, an ex- an extreme way of curing, but you know, but he was able to go back into practice and continue to work. Um, 
it's it's just and and the um, the paper mache um, swans. You know, swans are yeah yeah swans. I'm not swans. Mm-hmm. But but there was a girl there that that was that that was making um, those. It, it, it's origami, and she was making oh, yeah. them and bringing. We're bringing paper to her because paper couldn't be found after the after you know the explosion. Um, mm-hmm. The stories, individuals, and and one man who was in the military who struggled to get back to where his home was and his new bride. Um, they they helped him to find and dig, and he knew where she was probably sitting when the bomb went off, and they found some mm-hmm. of her bones. They took her bones. And he was on that last train from Hiroshima to Nagasaki to take her bones back to her family, so they could be buried. Mm-hmm. And he was there when when the bomb hit Nagasaki. Um, wow! And it's his story too. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just it is so. The book is so profound. The 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 people that the, and the stories that he tells and you know the descriptions are just unbelievable. And and it's not, um, you know, you get to know the people and and um, you know how they how you know just their stories of what happened when the, when the bomb went off and how mm-hmm. in in some cases some people were were um, absolutely um, they deteriorated and yet their shadow was on the on mm-hmm. the wall behind where they had been standing. Yeah. Um, he talked, that's interesting. He talked, yeah. he talked in he talked in in one place where um, people were looking around and they found all these things crunching on the on the ground and apparently there were people's teeth. That was all that was left of them. Um, wow. He talked about a, a teacher who was was hanging things in the window of the classroom when the flash went off and the 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 um, figure on the paper was imprinted upon her face. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. You got a, it's Charlie Pellegrino. And I'm he had uh, relatives he, he had relatives that perished in um nine eleven. Hmm. And um when there were a lot of Japanese people who came who had were survivors of the bombs who came and spoke at the UN speaking to people who had relatives that passed at 9/11, and and their message was, "It's love. You have to have love in your heart, or you won't survive." I mean, it was mm-hmm. it's a profound book. Ah, wow, yeah, it sounds good. It's, it's one you will not be able to put down. It's gruesome, but you get to know the people and and their journey, and and it was amazing. It was amazing. It's mm-hmm. an amazing book. And um, mm-hmm. I've read it a couple of times. Good documentation, it's, yeah. We oh don't get gosh. that kind of uh, documentation yeah. and things like that, you know. Usually, it's usually you know, we, we saw pictures, saw pictures of the aftermath, and we saw pictures of you know the ground and everything. But when you read this book, in your mind's eye, you're there, and it changes mm-hmm. your perception of what one of these bombs can do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and you know it's just um, I mean I I would love to get my grandchildren to read it but it it's it's not yeah you know, it, it it is an easy read 
you can't put mm-hmm. it down, but it's so profound and it and it's so much imprints upon you, you know, just the horror that really takes place in situations like this. Talks about mm-hmm. uh, people in Nagasaki, men who were um, prisoners in a, in a mine, and the guards were really cruel to them, and the bomb went off, and the guard guard looked at them and said, I'm your friend now, and he let them all go. Because they all survived wow. because they were in the mine. Oh, uh-huh. you've got to read the book. <laughs> Yeah, I will. Okay, that so now I, good. I just I just noticed our time. We are out again. Oh. Um, and it went It's nice getting together with you once once a month this way. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. I love it. Yeah, thank you, Barbara. It's always exciting. It's fun. And we and I, I said to somebody, I know where we're going to start. I have no idea where we're going to end up. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, there we are. Hiroshima. <laughs> yeah. So so give out your 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 different connections and places so that we can let people know where you are if they want to hear more of you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm over there on KCUR Digital Radio Network on Friday nights at Hyperspace at 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific. I have Raven Star Switching Hour Saturday nights at uh, Revolution.Radio, Studio A, same time, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific, and my website's NightShadowAnomalyDetectives.net. My books are on Amazon. And thank you so much, Barbara. I've always had a wonderful time with you. It's just great. really enjoy these <laughs> monthly gatherings. Well, well, yes, and thank you for being so considerate about my deciding to um, crap out last Sunday. So I'm glad we got this That's show okay. in now. <laughs> um, you know, life goes on, and sometimes your system doesn't go on with it. <laughs> no, I get it. I totally but, understand. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's unusual, but but I have found that these shows always happen at the right time. So mm-hmm. that, you know, if they if we skip one or if we put it off, there's always a good reason. And when the show actually happens, it's so much better. So mm-hmm. be interesting for everybody to sit back and take a look at you know what they feel the seven wonders of the world. Oh yeah, are. I I would have, I would love to hear what some people have to think, and so. You know, send mm-hmm. it in to either Solaris or me. It would be fun to put together a um, a spiritual Seven Wonders of the World. So yeah, I like we'll see that. If we can't get some interest going in that direction, since since apparently any idiot can make up a list. Um, I was going to say. So, but <laughs> but thank thank you thank you again, um, and thank you, Mark, for being there to make comments now and then, and um, we'll. We'll be back at the end of the month, last Sunday of the month, with another fascinating topic. I think it's my turn now, so we'll have to end on something that is is profound. So good night, Solaris, and thanks for being here. Good night. Thank you. And, And good night, everybody else. We will be back again last Sunday of the month. And actually, there's more on Nightlight going on, especially Friday night. There'll be free readings on uh on um, the air, so check us out then. Good night now.